My name is Athena Kabenu. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, broadcaster, and parent, and I love being a parent, but these kids, I don't know, I'm reading to them, and they, they're not saying anything back to me. Every night I read stories, and they still can't have a conversation to me that doesn't involve, I want ice cream, or I don't want to eat that. There's nothing intellectual coming out of these kids, and I'm trying so hard. So to keep me stimulated, I invite a friend around to keep my company today. I've got a dude. I was thinking about how long I've known this dude for. And I thought, wow, I think I met this dude when I even first started doing comedy many, 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 many years ago. Yeah. So Malcolm to my home, Jimmy James Jones. And this dude's got an entourage with him. Yeah. <laughs> Shows up with an entourage for the first time, for the first time ever. <laughs> In keeping a theme of comedy history, welcome to his pal Cars. How you doing? You okay? I'm doing great, Cars. Your voice is fantastic. Oh, by thank the way. you, thank you, thank you. How you doing? You okay? <laughs> smooth at all times. Smooth, smooth at all times. He is super smooth at all times. Super temps. smooth. <laughs> uh, appreciate it coming down. You're not London based like I am, so you made a big effort to come here. I appreciate it a lot. It's just so nice of you. Anything for you, Athena. I would have come down. I would have come anywhere for you. Is it, is it now? Is it now? Because we've got a hole in our roof right now, and I don't know if you fix roofs, but if you do anything, you can... I'm not very handy. I've got him around to, to help paint and decorate. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not a handy Oh, you're not like that? No. Some people aren't, you know, some yeah, people are like, like sack him. they're like, oh, can I, can I fix your toilet? You go, no. <laughs> I consider no, myself I'd, like, I'd rather pay someone's £80 an hour. And that that's... If I had any money, that would be me. I'm more of a, I'm a creative. You're creative. Uh, I'm a creative. You are creative. Do you have any DIY disasters? <laughs> his, I tried to paint his wall. You, but painting a wall is fairly, I mean, you just paint the wall. Exactly. What, cars, I couldn't do it. To you. I couldn't do it. What did, this, what did this man do to your wall? What, what, what didn't he do to it? Okay, <laughs> so... Um... <laughs> I barely started. By the time I got through half of one wall, we'd finished the rest of the house. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> He, he, he sold me a dream. He said he, he can paint. He said he can help me out. And um, needed the money. <laughs> so I got him round. And uh, yeah, like his, his brush strokes all over the gaff. Is, yeah, just... And some people, when they can't paint, they put too much paint on the roller. Mm-hmm. And they, it's just that it, if you don't, if you have like wallpaper, if you're painting wallpaper, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It just goes all soggy. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of them ones, ceilings. People will mess up a ceiling, you know. I did. Oh my days. <laughs> Everything that went wrong just went wrong. Oh, like you went to put in the solidity, you know that oh, the masking I couldn't even mask him. No, 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 no. I and yet you are here together. You are yeah. here. So He's my why, best friend. Why has why has this relationship sustained these dramas? Why what what has sustained this relationship through the dramas? Me, I think I'm the reason because he's too volatile. Um, oh, I love it. Okay. No, he's 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 the best. You know you know what it is. I, We've not known each other for maybe as long as maybe he knows some of his other his other like long term his long term friends. But what he what he was able to do for, <laughs> what he was able to do for me apart from coffee and um, jogging what he was able to do for me was give me stabilize mm. me mentally and like in like in like in general. So when when we when we rediscovered each other, well he like. I wasn't in a good place. Take it back to the beginning. So were you school friends or college friends? No, not even. Um, This man, maybe to my podcast, so I want to know everything. No, so, this is like this is like the first date's hotel. Do you know what I, mean? I want to know everything. What's nah, going he on? He was a he was a he was. I didn't. I knew his cousin. I was good friends with uh, a family member of his. Yeah. Um, and then I met him after that. I didn't know him straight away. Like we come from two different worlds. Um. So when when I met him, I was 
I, I didn't know him, so I didn't know. Do you know what I mean? And, and when you know, some people have got that like a, a face that you just think he's probably not someone that's gonna want to talk to me because <laughs> he's he's hench and he, do you know, what I, mean? he, I don't know. I just he's not. But then we I spot- understand how you can make a judgment based on what how someone looks. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you're gonna jail with them. Yeah, yeah. I get like that. I, I, you thought it was unapproachable, wouldn't you? A hundred percent unapproachable. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially and even down to his voice. I think I'd done a show. We used to do this thing in Milton Keynes called uh, I think it was called Spotlight every Sunday. And I think that's I uh, right. yeah yeah you remember that? And yeah. I done one. And I think I was that a comedy show? Comedy yeah. comedy like a talent show talent that I used show, to host. Yeah. yeah, and I think I was told I said something about someone that he had come with or he was with. And he didn't laugh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, ah. Um, but then we we was around the same circle, but we were we never really knew each other. And then one day, um, after a, a good few years, he had seen me, and I was I was just I was a bit of a mess. And then he he called me up one day and he was like, we need to talk. Now at this point, I thought oh, I'm gonna get bad. Like I've done something to somebody knows or whatever. He sat me down and just goes, what are you doing? And I said, what would you mean? And he was like, well you're messing everything up. I don't know you that well, but what I do know is that I've seen you do comedy before and I've seen what you're about and what you're doing now is you're completely ruining it. Yeah, and can you talk a bit about what you were doing? You don't have to do... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, of course, of course, of course. Complete, trans- complete transparency, I think. Is that, is that the word? Transparency is, is, is the word. word that's the word. Like I said, I'm trying to teach these kids, right? <laughs> so if I can teach you instead, that's fine. Because they're not learning anything. <laughs> they ain't learning shit. Transparency. <laughs> yeah, so... But, uh, let, let, we'll, we'll start from the top. Well, I, I when we, we first met at the comedy cafe, was it the comedy cafe? The uh, comedy that cafe. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, I I was really lucky. Um, I came into stand up without really knowing anything about the industry at all. I just got mad lucky because I turned up at the comedy cafe one night. Um, I won the five minute competition thing, and then. Um, the following week, I went back. Noel invited me back. Noel Faulkner, who's he's an absolute G, he invited me back, and then. <laughs> the MC hadn't turned up so then Noel was going to go on and he was like oh, Jimmy you do it and I was like huh and he was like oh, just host the show until uh, I think somebody else turns up and at the time there was like a rotation of Ola uh, Nabil and I think Prince Abdi who used to host or whatever but then they got on to do other gigs so I was like yeah I'll do it and then I just I stayed doing it yeah. for the next like four years and I was gigging for three or four times a week uh, at the CAF so it was it was I was living in a false... Like, I didn't know what stuff... I thought, I've made it. This is amazing. Yeah. I've been doing comedy for like seven months and here I am hosting the Comedy Cafe on a Wednesday and then went on to do weekends. I was loving life. Yeah. Uh, I, met, I met you. I met so many great comics. And, and then the Comedy Cafe left. Uh, and yeah, and then and then life life hit me like a brick. Like, life humbled me. Like, in, in a way that I wasn't mentally prepared for at all. I was under the impression that after the cafe, I could sort of just ring up old promoters and stuff, people that I knew before and just, oh, can I get a fire at your club? And can I, it, it, no, I just yeah. I couldn't. It was so, but it was almost like overnight, I went from gigging all the time to just not gigging at all. There's also, just to, sorry to interrupt, I want to hear more, <laughs> no, but something that I noticed, not so much, <laughs> maybe, maybe it still happens, but like there'd be kind of comedians on the black circuit, like literally selling out Hackney Empire, mm-hmm. you know, O2, yeah. um, Indigo Arena, yeah. and they try and get like five minutes at like the crappiest comedy club and they'd be like, oh, can you send me a video? Yeah. And it's just like, there was a real lack of, they're generally on 
on the open mic circuit or just generally on the, on the white circuit not so much these days but mm-hmm. we can talk about that but for a long time there was a kind of if we haven't heard of you, you then you get. can't be any good and like all it would take is a google to know what people are doing and what they've been up to but people couldn't even bother to do that true but you know it was like that on the black circuit too because yeah. as much as i was i mean in the four years i was at the calf three or four years i was at the calf i'd ended up opening for a bunch of great comics i'd gigged alongside great co- including yourself uh, uh, great comics oh, bless. so i thought <laughs> so thanks, I thought, thanks man thanks. i can i can call wahala comedy clash and just i'm jimmy james Jones. i could just get a 10 nope i couldn't get on there either yeah <laughs> so it was like okay so i'm doing okay on the mainstream but i thought i'll pop off over to the to the urban urban invert finger circuit and i couldn't get on because they didn't know who i was and i was like yeah but i've been Everybody knows who I am over there. Like, how come I can't... And I'm black. You should just put me on. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's a real dark... For anyone who wants to get into comedy, it's re- there's a really weird kind of mix of entitlement and humbleness that you need yeah. to have. And it's almost like you need to know where you deserve to be, but you also need to expect to have that door shut in your face and you need to know how to deal yeah, with it. Because I get asked by um, um, some comics who do a lot of black shows, like, how do you get on the mainstream circuit? And my answer is always... I don't know. Yeah. I just worked. That's it. That's all I did. That's it. I just gigged and gigged and worked. And I, because I always had this idea that I always wanted to play any room. Mm. I never wanted to be a person that just only played one. Because even in the black circuit, there's different kinds of black gigs. There's the Christian gigs, there's Jamaican gigs, yeah. um, and, and whatever. So, but I never wanted to just play one gig. So I never, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like, I just did, did whatever I could, yeah. wherever well, you've got your set and whatever you think, whatever set you do, you expect that to work wherever you go because it's not like you're, I don't know, it's weird. You're not doubling down on black people when you go to black shows, but when you're at the mainstream shows, you're not doubling down on white people. So it's just like, this is just funny stuff. That's, that was always what I was trying to, And also like, not only did I have my set, I used to turn over material quite a lot. So I used to think to myself, if I'm in front of people and stuff is not working, I need to have something else in my locker. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then, but I've had the same, this rejection that you've had where you go somewhere and they go, we don't know who you are. And you go somewhere else and they go, we don't know who you are. Well, but people know who you are because you've been working, right? And this is it. So yeah. then it almost, then so in my head, I'm going, am I not working hard enough? I mean, have I not done the four years at the CAF gig with all these different people? And I guess it was because of Noel, but I never had the experience of the circuit. Yeah. I never had the hustle and bustle of, going to a backyard and just sitting or top secret or even doing the, what's that month, funny business and stuff. I've never done any of these things before because I got lucky enough to do the cafe on a Wednesday and I just carried on doing it. I, I never really thought about that. And it wasn't just you, there's was quite a few acts that worked a lot at the Comedy Cafe. Uh, people who are listening won't be aware of this or may not be aware. There was a club called the Comedy Cafe, like a really big comedy club in London and it shut down maybe two or three years ago yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so Cars, where, how do you, where do you come into this into this story? So Jimmy is thinking, is like, Jimmy's like, he's lost this regular gig he's realized he's not um maybe made the connections that he should have been making well not should be making but he could have been making whilst he was doing his regular gig and then you show up with your screw face um looking mean <laughs> i'll just explain looking, something before looking he, hench, you know before into, i will explain that the reason why he sort of took me to a corner and told me to get my ish together because i was doing a lot of i was i was uh i was sinking i was yeah. mad depressed and i was doing mad drugs yeah. And I wasn't doing anything with my life. And I think he discovered that. Whereas other people were enabling me. Because at the time, I was doing all these really cool black shows too on ITV too, like Pranksters and so I didn't know. Which at the time, I didn't realise that I wasn't getting booked to do anything normal. It was only in October. October. I was literally yeah. the October comic. 
mm. for about two years. Like, but oh, Black History Month. Not too. being funny, a lot of people are. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Um, seriously, a lot of people. A lot of people are. Um, and we'll talk about that. We can talk about that later. But yeah. we're like, yeah. where, where do as creators, it's almost like we have to get paid and we have to feed the kids and pay our mortgages. But it's almost like it's, it's, it can be it's quite insulting. Yeah. You know, when people pick up the phone in October and they don't they don't talk to you any other time of year. But anyway, going back. So basically, you're you're getting I having a lovely time, but not having a lovely time. It's an awful time. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So you'd think I was having a great time, but really, I'm just in my house crying every day because I can't get a booking, can't get any gigs, and I'm like chucking stuff up my nose or whatever. And where the people oh, around not me? Not even cheap drugs. No, 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 no. Nah, no. not even cider. Because well, uh, that was at the one point in my life where I had money. Yeah. So I was doing what I thought. I was just, I was just doing. Yeah. I was just doing, 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 and I was just falling deeper and deeper into a hole. The people around me were enabling. They weren't sort of like oh Jimmy man you're, you're the funny one what are you doing apart from him yeah and he sat me down in his car we went yeah I thought it was going to be something I, didn't. <laughs> I thought it was going to be what it wasn't <laughs> I love it so you get, get in my car and you're like okay <laughs> so I'm, I'm some of my nut didn't have a choice I was yeah. sleeping that's how so what was it how did you know that Jimmy was, wasn't going in the right direction anymore what, what made you think okay this guy needs an intervention of some sort what what Danny? I, do you know what? I can't even actually pinpoint the actual thing that it was for me. Is that I just oversaw all of that, and I've been watching Jimmy from afar, like on his socials, seeing what work he's doing. You know, I just I do a lot of background, you know, investigating and whatnot. And I thought this guy's actually funny. He's got talent, and you're slipping. Mm. So I sat him in the car. I told him a plan I discussed it with him I said I want to invest in you I said but the only way I'm going to invest in you is if you sort your shit up excuse me sort your that's good you could, look, normally there's kids here and we're swearing left right and centre <laughs> I'm swearing down yeah 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 I'm saying issue yeah no just sort, your, sort yourself out and then, and then let's get let's get to cracking but I needed him to pull himself out of that hole to show me that he's willing to really work for it and from when I saw the progress that he was making and, and, and whatnot um, to come out of the, the hole that he was in, I thought, yeah, all right, cool. You show me what I need to see and cool, let's go forward. So what do you, is, are you generally like into mentoring or like support or anything like that? Or is it just a personal thing that like you just like to help people and lift up others? I think it's just in me. Like, I'm a helper. I'm a, I like to advise people. I like to help people. And I think that's just a genuine thing that I've got. And it's not nothing I go out my way to do. If I see somebody that I know is in a predicament or, you know, or even if they're doing well for themselves, I always praise them or help them or assist in any way that I can. Um, yeah, and I just don't like seeing people around me that I know just just, 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 just slipping, like, especially when it comes to, to to narcotics and things like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's quite upsetting. And then to know that <clears throat> he's got people around him that say that they're his friends and not doing nothing about it, or even helping him or sitting him down and trying to help. Nah, that's, that's... And where was the comedy community at this stage? I didn't have one. Yeah. There was no comedy community. Um, like, it's like I said, after the calf goes, everyone else does. That's, mm. that's, that's how it felt. And um, it's, not, it's not to sound like I'm ever... Because all, 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 all my friends in comedy that are, that are doing well, I, I message them all the time, we chat and I, I, I praise. Every time they do something big, I release something, I'm, I'm full of praise. But... Before it would, it was like I'd go home, flick on the telly, and then I'd see someone doing well. And as much as well as happy as I am for them, yeah, 
it would just a little bit of me would just break inside every little every time I saw one of my brethren's do something great I'd c- congratulate them and I think oh man I'm so happy for them but then at the same time a little piece of me would just snap away because in my head I'm going how what what did I do and then I started doing started trying to run my own shows because I, I couldn't write and I had nothing in me left so I started thought you know what I, I still I, I want to put on shows so I started doing this thing called it's just jokes which was great and then we done a show in London and that's when it all fell apart. We done a show uh, for a friend of me and uh, my friend Elroy. We done a show for a friend of ours, and he said he was going to put it on and pay everyone. And I was like, "Yeah, cool, fine." It's an opportunity for me to make a bit of dough, and it's an opportunity for me to put gig in London again, which 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 I've I've missed. <laughs> this is a great story, actually. So we had three comedians. We turned up to the to the venue, right? It's in a it's in a bar. I didn't do my due diligence. At the time, like I said, I wasn't myself. I didn't do my due diligence. I've turned up and it's a restaurant. But it's, it's a restaurant. They haven't sorted out the seats. They haven't... Yeah, so people who aren't comedians won't understand what it's like. Yeah, okay. When you go to a venue and it's a restaurant, <laughs> it, you cannot find a setting. We go to a funeral and you have a better gig yeah. than at a restaurant. When you say a funeral, everyone, you've got everyone's captive attention. Thank you. And they're yeah. all facing forward. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This was a restaurant. Um... The chairs, there was nothing set up. The man said to me, oh, did you bring your mic? I said, what do you think? I'm a, a karaoke. Do you think I just... <laughs> did, you, did you bring your microphone, you did know? You think I, do you think I just, oh, I just no. take a mic on the train with me, like, just, just in case I get a gig? What's wrong with you? What about the speakers? Yeah. <laughs> did you not provide anything? So then we spent an hour, as I got, I got there about R6, we spent an hour getting other people. I'm calling Ori, getting other people to help out, bring things that we, like, that we need uh, uh, for the venue. And then Nico, and then people started turning up. And then Nico was meant to be our first comedian. So Nico Yearwood. Big yeah. up Nico Yearwood, by the way. Yeah, so he's done the podcast too, yeah. That's running the man there, that's my boy as well. But, <laughs> but he turned up here. <laughs> he walked in, saw all the black people and said, I'm not doing this. No, you don't. <laughs> Nico, don't do black gigs. <laughs> Bro, he turned up. He turned up. And then he just said, Jimmy, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> Just to pause this, this is a really important point. A lot of black acts don't like doing black gigs. No, you will don't. find acts who aren't white who are more keen. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. I ras- the, the way I rationalise that is it hurts more when you die. Mm-hmm. Especially if you do very well generally on what the, on the quote-unquote mm-hmm. mainstream mm-hmm. circuit. I watched people like Kane Brown when I started who could do both. And, yeah. I, went, and I remember watching Kane Brown do the black circuit once. And I, and I, I remember crying tears because... More so about the audience reaction. They were off their seats, flinging the chair, what? Yeah, and they're yeah, running. Yeah. Oh my days! Because you <laughs> die. Oh my! It's like it's like you slap one of their sisters. Oh, dying. Oh, dying at a black gig's the worst. It is the worst. Dying at a, a mainstream gig is it's all right. They'll come up to you after. I don't understand what you were trying to do there. It's okay. You'll get them next time. And black guys are like, big man, you're rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> and also that's the thing. Like on the mainstream circuit, there's a much. This is going to sound terrible, and I don't mean this sound terrible, but I think on the mainstream circuit, there's a bit more appreciation for the craft. So sometimes yes. you say things on stage and it's not funny, and um, they'll go, that's not funny, but your next joke could be funny. You say one bad joke at a black gig. You'll even, be lucky. Even if you started yeah. strong. Yeah. Even if you started strong, they're just like, ah, oh, he's, he's ruined it. Yeah. He's ruined it. He can't and say that. It's, you know, that's the energy of the gig, and that's, and that's why, like, when you look at people like Judy Love and Mo, yeah. they, it's almost like you're running up a steeper hill but that makes you a fitter person mm-hmm. right and so black gigs are like 
you've, you know, you've got so much further, you fall much further mm-hmm. because the expectation is higher um, and the people are harder to pre- please because mm-hmm. we are, we are hard to please. You know, um, I come to the house, offer you parts and you're like, oh, you got love. Wait, wait, before I carry on with my story, you think that's bad? <laughs> this brother called me up here. Yeah? <laughs> he came to get me. My brother, he's my best friend, and he called me up. He said to me, oh, can you bring me out a fork, please? I said, yeah, no problem. Before I hung up, he just said, make sure it's clean. <laughs> In my head, I was going, why would I bring you out a dirty fork? But then I thought, oh my days, I, I better make sure it's clean. I oh came Lord, out. I gave you dirty forks now. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, wrapped up, I wrapped up the fork in tissue before I put it out just to make sure. I'm like, bro, I'm very so particular. We're, we're particular people and that's good. We got standards. We wash our legs. This is all, you know, <laughs> this, is all, this is all part of it. But that is why some of us are like, we don't, we're used, you know, the mainstream circuit is a little bit easier. It is. The, it is easier. So this gig falls apart. Nico turns up yes. and turns around again. So he leaves. So now me and Elroy, uh, who I was dealing with, we're panicking because we're like, <laughs> we've only got, we booked Mo. We booked Mo for the show. And yeah. we've only, we, we only really had. And when was this? Was this like before the this come up? This was or? just before the come up. Right. This okay. was 2016. So this was mid breakdown for me. Okay. Bear in mind. So a little bit before the comeback actually, because yeah, it's like 2018, 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so 2016, 2017 times. But it was definitely before the breakdown. Uh, my own personal breakdown so it, actually no I was in the midst of it because I, need, I needed the money yeah. and I really needed to do so that's why we agreed to do it without any due diligence so we've turned up anyway and uh, yeah Nico, Nico said you know what Jimmy I'm not, I'm not doing this and he dipped and I couldn't I was like fair enough I'm not I didn't know it was going to be this kind of audience I would to be fair yeah <laughs> and also it's a restaurant so you're doing exactly. black people eating food nah well, you, you're trying are to you t- going to be funnier than the chicken the than the plantain <laughs> than the rice are you going to be funnier than all this in front of my plate I don't think you are exactly you know, so yeah. it was already a steep so I called uh, 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 Ori again who again is another a really really good friend of mine and uh, I said Ori bro I really need a favour I said I'm in uh, Angel I really need a comedian and he was like oh bring you Quincy and I was like Quincy oh, I love Quincy yeah yeah that's the man them and he's he's like a he's a vet you yeah know, he's on the podcast too yeah yeah I used to talk to he used to give me advice and stuff and a vet I don't think I've even told him this story we do the show the show the show goes the show goes the show, the show goes terribly it, it's terrible like it, it started about half nine it, uh, it was just I think Quincy done his thing though done what he can uh, I, I think I hosted um and Mo went on and yeah even, even for Mo it was a tough gig anyway at the end of the night we went around to get paid it's cash in hand this is where the problems I think a lot of the problems and this is a lot of the reason why I stayed away from comedy as well not out of not out of embarrassment if anything but um, I think the owner didn't give past me on the money to pay the acts yeah the owner enjoyed Mo so much he gave Mo £500 wow that was our budget Okay, so how much was he supposed to get? Two fifty. Okay. Two fifty. Uh, Quincy was meant to be one eighty, and then the rest would be split between me uh, and Elroy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that didn't happen. He gave the whole. Th- he gave the whole thing to to Mo. He was like, "Oh man, that was so funny." He like, he's re- so then we've gone up to him after. It's like, "Oh, do you have any money for Quincy?" Quincy never got paid. So I. I, I so you got up to the owner afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, but this was not, I never got paid. Or I never got paid. Yeah. Quincy never got paid. Just Mo. So I said to Quincy, oh, sorry about this, man. I'm going to chat to the owner and I'll get your money sent. He never sent it. Yeah. No, and at one point, after about a few months, I thought it was all sorted because I had texted the guy who had got me in touch with the restaurant. Uh, 
some boy called D. And he said, oh yeah, yeah, no, we've sorted it with Quincy. I said, you sure? I've sent him my number. I remember Kane Brown hollered me to ask me if, if it had been sorted. I remember I saw Slim in Camden at a show and he said, oh, and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke to D and D said he sorted it with him. It, it definitely did not get sorted. Oh no. It did not. And I was so embarrassed. Yeah. I, I stopped turning up. I, there was two gigs I was meant to do and I didn't go because Quincy, Quincy was on one lineup and a I think it was somebody close to us was on another. And I was so embarrassed and I was so, so full of shame. And obviously in the midst of all of that, I was, I was really depressed because of the whole, I weren't gigging anyway. Yeah. And then the one gig I did decide to do and put on, it turned out like this. I just stopped going to shows because I didn't want anyone to run into me. And sort of just, I don't know. So I tried to get in touch with Quincy a few times after just to find out if it had been paid and I didn't really hear anything back. And I, I still think about that today because now that obviously it's all done, I'm trying to get out. I'd love to be able to sort it out with him at some point, but that stopped me from, that whole experience stopped me from going to gig. Were people aware that that was the problem? Did no, you tell anyone? No, and it's hard. To, no, because at the end of the day, it falls on me. I'm the one who set it up. I'm the one who got Ori to call Quincy. Yeah. So it all falls on me. The problem was I didn't have no money. So yeah. even if I want it, I can't even pay him back. You're going to ask him. I've, n I've not had money since the whole time I've known this guy. Yeah. It, this is how bad it is. Not I'm not trying to make myself a charity case. I'm just trying to tell you guys about no, my I story. I think it's important that creatives yeah. are honest too. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he, he took me shopping. Yeah. The last time Chloe shopping, he took me. Like, I've, I've never told people, people don't think you see a couple ads and a few videos, you think, oh, Jimmy's doing all right. He's not. He, <laughs> don't think I'm out here pulling <laughs> Like, I've, I've, so when I'm back up again, obviously I'm going to, I'll ch chat to Quincy and get, get everything squared away. But it, that caused me to not even want to come out because I thought, I've, I've never, this has never happened before. Every time yeah. I put on a show, I think I've even brought you down once, I think. You know what? It's so funny. Um, I was booked and it kept on getting shifted. And I think at that point I had my first and I was like, I can't really, I can't rebook it, man. Like I'm not, um, oh, you can, uh, yeah, there he's good. He's got a little prison that he sits in, in there. He's not just running around the living room. Don't neglect, the podcast is more important. Um, uh, was, was, yeah, so this is, this has happened over one action. Someone, yeah. and I imagine like Mo, um, so, for people who aren't aware, we're talking about Mo Gilligan, um, who's a comedian that we all know. Um, I love a good friend, by the way. He's mad cool. Yeah, yeah. So he, and he wasn't aware. No, he had no he idea. And why would he know? No, what? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Why would he know? Um, he turned up, smashed it. I think he even done longer than he was, than he was supposed to. Um, but, you know, we weren't, we didn't know. We thought that um, after he had done that, we just thought, okay, cool, we'll chat to the owner and the owner will sort it out. But I didn't know the owner personally, so I would go to my friend D and be like, yo, chat to the owner, man. Because yeah. we want to get out of it. We don't live around here. We want to get home. And he was just like, oh, no way, man, I'll sort it out with you, look, man. I'll sort it with you, look, man. You just go, I'll send it to your accounts. I thought, all right, cool, whatever. I ain't heard from the guy since. But this is like, like for me, the lesson to be learned is just like full transparency. Yeah. Like there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with defending your name. Exactly. Um, if something goes wrong and when something's out of your control. So and I was thinking that. Onyx, yeah, yeah, but we'll get to that. Because yeah. at the time, but at the, with Onyx though, full transparency. So what's I let Onyx? everybody know from the top. So at the time then, because I was, I was mad depression. I was taking, literally, by the time, by the time I got home from that show, the Quincy thing, I was just like, I'm never doing a gig again. I'm yeah. done with comedy. It's, that it's was hard. the most embarrassing yeah. because I had like, my, 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 my daughter's mum was there. We weren't together or nothing, but she was there and her family were there and it was like, this, we're at a show and it's just, it's so messy. Like, no one's really, it was just embarrassing. I thought, look what I've attached my name to. This is ridiculous. I hate this. I'm, I'm never doing this again. So I just said, I'm not doing this again. I just said, I'm hollow Quincy. I'll, I'll try and get in touch with him, try and pay it back. But when I spoke to them and he said, no, we've sorted it. I didn't message Quincy. I, I should have hollered him myself and said, bro, I've just, here's the man. I've just spoke to my man. He said he sorted it. Is that true? 
Yeah. And if you told me no, I would have gone, oh, I'm sorry, I'll sort it. I never did that. I just went off the back of, and I just, I just ignored it because I wasn't in the right mind frame anyway. Fast forward to last year. <laughs> October. Last, last year. year. Last year, bro. 2020. October last year. Something strange has happened to time though. It's my first, my second's first, first birthday's coming up. I'm like, what happened to this year? Like, <laughs> what year happened to this year? I'm, I just gave birth. It's ridiculously fast. She said, I just gave birth. We've done a show this year. Again, the first show I've done in a very long time. Again, because I weren't gigging. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to put on a show. I'm going to bring my brethren. I'm going to bring Jamali. I'm going to bring Uri. I'm going to bring a bunch of comics that I know. Uh, you know what was this Milton Keynes or London Milton Keynes I want, yeah. can you you explain this one Key because you was you was in it with me mm-hmm. you was with me <laughs> <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to give the censored version real quick no I'm making it uncensored man like, we've got time I'll, I'll, I'll edit it this editing is my job yeah. <laughs> I want okay, all okay, of okay. the L's yeah 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 give it to it yeah no so you put on the show we had some good acts down really good acts probably the best MK's probably ever seen to yeah. be fair Nice venue, um, quite a good turnout as well, wasn't it? 150 yeah. during COVID. Yeah, and that was during oh, COVID. Oh, actually, you broke the law. No, 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 they tried to say that they didn't make enough money so they can't pay etc etc then that's when you was getting nervous again you're like oh my god so I was, I was, I was just going to lock it off thing again. I was going to lock off comedy in general I was just saying I'm just going to stick to a 9 to 5 because I can't keep doing this twice in a row mm-hmm. yeah. in the space of 4 years but twice in a row come on yeah. it's triggering and I was just mm-hmm. like no 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 that's not happening that's happening so I said I'll pay the comedians out my own pocket and I'll get the money back from the club and um, so, we, so we did that, made sure everybody was cool. Went to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Long and short, I got my money back, innit? <laughs> yeah, they was reluctant. They was very, very reluctant oh, to I give the money back. Oh, I see it. So you, uh, have, by you, the have, way, you have ways of make, make, making people talk, so to speak. And also and ways of getting... <laughs> Not Jimmy, though. Jimmy doesn't have ways to make people talk. Jimmy, Jimmy just tells jokes. <laughs> no, but they're, they're, they're just coming out of all the excuses in the world. And, and the thing is, at the end of the day, they comedians came they done what they came to do yeah pay them exactly like, if you didn't make do. money as a club you didn't sell enough drinks that's on you, you. the thing is they did that's make on money you. on the drinks they were yeah. just slow with the service and they're saying that some people left Pre- without paying precisely and that's mm. all on them yeah mm. but they was coming out with all these excuses it mm. wasn't the first event not with us but with other people that they've tried to do a left and a right with you know what i mean but i um i wasn't gonna be down the pocket so yeah by the end of that evening, they transferred over the money that was owed. Did you kidnap? Did you kidnap? Did you kidnap? Did you kidnap? I didn't kidnap nobody. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> no comment. Give your money, otherwise Fraggle's ear gets cut off. No, no. Nah, nah. you, you, there was no what, violence involved at all. But you were persuasive. I'm very persuasive. But I think, and I think that's important, like to have an advocate mm. as well. Just exactly. In life, having an advocate. Is, exactly. Is because so I can't. I'm gonna do it. Uh, and I didn't want the same thing to happen the first time, but I was so afraid of what would happen that it would happen again. I, I just said, "Look, mate, this is what's going on." I didn't want to. I don't really like telling mm-hmm. people things or revealing things, but I think, I think this year, the last few months, I said, "You know what? I'm just going to be completely transparent with everyone and be yeah. completely honest as to where I've been." Because people have asked, "Like, Jimmy, man, you're you're back," and I'm like, "Back? I never really left, but 
Mm-hmm. What, what what do you think happened? You're like, oh, I just thought you fell off. Like I just didn't think you were on it anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, rah, is that what people thought? I kind of I never really thought that. I mean, a couple of years ago, I had you down do my charity show. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. By the way, did you really enjoy it? Yeah, yeah I really we done another one on Zoom, um, and now the charity gets lots of, lots of funding. So that's amazing. They Congrats. They don't really want my six hundred pounds from the comedy show. You want it? We just got eight thousand dollars of Fina. Go away. Um, but I'm really yeah. I'm so glad you did that. But I I kind of feel like the way I describe it is that comedy is like a fast moving river. Yeah. And sometimes what happens is you jump out of the river for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and everything just keeps going by. But you're still you're still there, you know, and just because that you haven't gone away, it's just everything's moving forward. So fast forward. as well, yeah. It's so fast. And all it is, is like sometimes you just need to know when you need to wait for that time to, to like jump, jump back, back in, in safely, yeah. you know, and, here and, we to are. Find, and to find, yeah, and to find also uh, what suits you. Like for me personally, like I, I was like always happy with my stand up. I always was really, I always just wanted to write comedy that I would listen to and to write comedy that kind of, conveyed the kind of ideas that I've got in my head but I didn't know how else to get them out I can't I didn't, couldn't write a book or I couldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. you know or do anything else so and but I also realized that that made me incompatible with lots of opportunities that are out there so I couldn't do pranksters for example talking about white supremacy you know what I mean they'd be like what are you doing if you know like, I can't go and don't hate the players you know like I love I love the show and I love rap music yeah, if anything yeah. like if that was on that show I think I'd murder it I was going to say but what do you mean you can't do but it at the same time I understand why they'd be like yeah but why do we have you and we can have all these other people mm. that are just like pure energy you know um, <clears throat> and it's kind of like I had to realise oh actually I am introverted I just I'd like to stay in my yard and read books and I like to write jokes that I can just speak and like I can read out loud yeah, yeah, people yeah. listen to me and not expecting to be running around because they think it's like that funny like does that make sense yeah no it does 100% so 100%. I, had to, I had to find my lane where that worked and I don't really know how I did that but Radio 4 has a lot to do with that like you Fair know enough. just but what I'm trying to say is by staying with what made me happy and by doing what I think is the best work I can do, I've eventually you mastered your craft. Got an old, mm. I'm still on that way. Mm-hmm. I'm still on that journey, you know. But I'm. But that's how I managed to get a career out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the key now. It's like rather than when you said earlier, like oh, I'm looking at these people and they're doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe you have another. Yes, and that's it. Maybe you have another place, you know, or maybe you need to make the other place. Like that's it. Yeah, but it's hard to it's hard to get to that realization at the time. Yeah, you know. So at the time, I'm saying, I mean, because I don't have any of these feelings now. But at the time, it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, that's my friend, or I just saw your boy on the TV, or I just saw, especially after you've done pranksters or and stuff like that. It's like, I just saw my man doing that, and you're like. Oh, what about you? And you just oh. I still get that though. Mm. I get that. Even my partner's like, oh, you, if I say someone alive in Apollo and I know them, he sort of is a bit like, oh, hurry up then. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? You, the thing about alive in Apollo now is, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw you in the, in the next year or so because but, I think they're looking at mm-hmm. like the get, people that yeah. are on there now. I'm like, oh my God, I recognise so many more people now. I think they're getting, I think the comedy industry is now getting better yeah. at looking at the circuit. 100%. Um, yes. And yeah. Pulling up talent, 100%. Um, but there's still a huge amount of luck and management involved in it. Like a lot of it is who's your manager. You know, there's no getting away from that. A lot of it is it's not who you know. It's not what you know. It's, it's who, who you know. know. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of networking. There's just no getting away from. Once you've even decided the kind of act you want to be, the kind of place you want to be in, there's no getting away from the business side of it. And that's something I tell people all the time. Like people are like, doing really well, and it's like, yes, but there are things that I have in my life that are like 
mad coincidence and mm-hmm. mad luck and, mm-hmm. I'm, and I know that so I'm very prepared yeah, <laughs> for yeah. it all to go for the rug to be pulled out from underneath and there me. we go yeah. yeah I needed everything all of that to happen to me to realise that the rug can be taken from me because I, like I said I was living in mm. I was living in a false land where I thought well I'm at the cafe now I'm doing gigs four times a week what are you not talking about you were doing the open mic for like 10 years well, I didn't need to do that I just turned up start smashing so I just thought I thought I was that guy when it left it's, it's it took years for myself to finally realise and to humble myself. You yeah. know what I mean? And to realise that, you know what, you just got to stay consistent. Stay, like you just said, just stay in your lane. And then, because like you said, it can, the rug could be at any given point. So you're thinking about, so you, do you want to write a show? Is that what you're thinking? That's I've your been, next I've thing? I've been working on a show. Yeah. I'm working yeah. on a show, yeah. So I'm working on a new hour, which is all about my relationship with my daughter. Oh, lovely. Um, which is amazing, um, but I didn't want it. So it's all about that. You didn't want... Nope. A daughter? Nope. You wanted a boy? No, I didn't want anything. You didn't want to be a kid? <laughs> I didn't want to let's, talk, let's talk about that. Though. The reason I'm going to talk about it is because I'm very open about it. So me and my first, um, my first child I had with my partner, yeah. um, when it was... So people know this because I talk about it in my stand-up. It was a surprise baby. Like, oh, okay. One yeah, of them yeah, ones, yeah. Uh, met him in November, was pregnant by... The um by December end of the, end of December guys end of December <laughs> not beginning of December okay there was a few more weeks there um our oh, cars are judging me I can tell you so, uh, no 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 judgment you know, I, I should have put you in my car and had a conversation with you if you know so and yeah like at the beginning he was he, he was supportive like obviously it's your decision and I was like I'm gonna make which is great um but at, you know he. he he definitely wasn't like tap dancing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, that's yeah. your that was your position too. Not really. We weren't even in a relationship. Oh, and okay. My kids' mum. So I was on my way back to university. Yeah. Um, when I found out, how old were you? Twenty. Right. So I had people at the uni who had lived in Milton Keynes yeah. or from Milton Keynes going, oh, I "Heard you got, heard you having a baby, got a baby on the way." Milton Keynes was like, like, village. Was yeah, it? I went to so I went to uni in High Wycombe. Oh, okay, yeah, right. So, so you didn't go come far, up, yeah. yeah, people come up to me. Oh, I heard you having a uni, man. Congrats. And I was like, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, yeah, I heard that girl that you was with. And I was like, what? So Who people me? knew before you knew. So obviously, I'm ringing them up like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> what's going and on? And how old was was your, uh, your, your well, not your partner, but nineteen, nineteen. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So we so were both there's a young. Lack of, lack of, there's a lack of maturity there, isn't there? Very, very young, and she had a previous partner, and I think. They had been through something, so I think with 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 my daughter, it was like I'm not. This is this has to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, because of what her whatever she's done in the past, previous, she was like she has to have this kid. She has to have this kid. So yeah, I wasn't mentally prepared. I I still didn't even know what I was doing in my life. I I was in uni doing performing arts, but I I discovered whilst being there that there there was no performance in this art. It was going to be like trying to be a school teacher. It was right. all about the the the, the the, uh, the the background Stanislavski and all of this but there was no physical fear it was all just writing and I thought theory yeah, theory thank yeah. you and I was like yeah now nah, this is long um, so I didn't even know what I was doing and then this kid comes along and I'm just supposed to love her I'm like absolutely not I don't even love myself I don't yeah. love you damn I don't have a, I don't like you her mother I don't like you I'm not gonna like this kid I don't like your family <laughs> but um, I learned I learned to I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me Oh, I mean, I'm, I mean, I say that I can't tell you how much it was the best thing that ever oh, happened to me. The best the, thing that, that ever. That stupid ovulation app. <laughs> 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 not, not doing what it's supposed to do. Like, <laughs> or whatever, like you know, 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of good fortune and privilege that comes to having a surprise baby yeah, and it working yeah. out, and that's to do with health and providing and, and being able to provide and stuff like that. But yeah, providing yeah. stability for me because yeah. again, I was all over the place. I'd, I'd never had a job, or whatever. But then when it when I sort of sat and I was like, cool, I'm having a you know, I've I've got a child. I'm gonna sit down and just going, I better figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, and then that's literally I went to the cafe three weeks later and that's how you said I'm going to be a stand-up comedian so did you ever sorry to interrupt did you ever do another job outside of that no so just pure stand-up comedy no I've done one show I've done a Black History Month show (laughs) and uh, there was no jokes it's just I think it might even be online it's just me dancing to music so I'm like have you guys ever yeah I'll pop a death jam you guys ever walked into a party and your mum's like get out the kitchen because she's listening to this and it'll be like Prince ding 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 ding, and just be dancing to music but the audience was loving it Mm. absolutely loving it so I thought I could just take that up to every comedy show and I'll be the best I'll be Eddie Murphy I used to literally watch Eddie Murphy, Delirious or Def Jam and go, oh, that's funny. How can I make that my own? I could only nothing about comedy. Yeah. I'd just go to places thinking this is, and then I remember Noel sitting me down going, dude, you're awful. You are so awful, but you've got, you've got so much heart. So yeah. this is what we're going to do. You're going to host every Wednesday. You're going to figure out how to write a joke yeah. and you'll be here every Wednesday honing your skills. So that's why, that's how I fell into stand-up, but it was because of Amaya. She provided stability and she made me realise that, rah, you better figure out what the hell you want to do with your life because you're not good at anything. <laughs> what, what's your relationship with your daughter like now? Amazing. Your best friend. Literally, my yeah. little G. She's probably going to be a bit taller than me now. She's been, yeah, she's she plays football. And she's yeah. amazing for a girl. Football's great for girls. She's I, amazing. I'm going to encourage both my kids to play football because yeah. you have to be loud to play football. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You've got to ask for the ball. It's also physical fitness as well. That's, yeah. a, that's a very big reason why I even got her into it because she was quite shy in first school. Um, but in playing football opened up because like you just said you've got to be boisterous if you want the ball, the ball you, you yeah, got to yeah. scream do you know what I mean if you, people don't pass you've got to tell them hey yeah, yeah. hey you know you what got, I mean I can't be the only one screaming you've got to have, <laughs> you've got to have vision too you've got to see what's happening in front of and you and this is yeah. it so and yeah she, she's, she's just on it and because I used to play football when I was a kid um, but not to a great standard so with her it's like I, I'm enjoying being able to re- help raise her and help her achieve her dreams a lot earlier on than I was and just to teach her little things like money management, don't take out loans. I never had my parents doing that. Yeah. He's, he's, he says things to me sometimes. Carl says things to me sometimes. Yeah. And he's almost surprised at my reaction. Yeah. He don't realise that we are two completely different. He don't realise I never had... <laughs> in school, there was no school. It was, I turn up, I make noise, and I dip. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be there. So I never had a proper education. I just knew that I wanted to do something theatrical. So then I went to college to do musical theatre. Were your parents supportive? Because... Um, no. So you, we know. I've just found out today you're half Nigerian and yeah, half Sierra Leone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So half these are, this, is, this is West African parents, yeah. okay, and you and their son is doing performing arts. Yeah, in not Wickham. supportive. None of them. Not, not supportive of it at no, all. None. No. My sisters would uh, at the time are uh, hard of hearing, um, so me and my brother kind of just got left alone. Yeah. Um, and he turned into a criminal. Oh. So I was sort of just left to fend for myself. Um, so when my sisters went to boarding school, my mum went with them. Yeah. So, just, so she was close to them. So I was really only with my brother. And then when she got back... And your dad stayed home? No, he's in Nigeria. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen him since I was nine. Um, and I remember the, the first year he left, like my mum would be like, oh, I'm going to call him. And, you, and we'd all be well like scared. Like, oh, you're going to call dad. Let's behave. And then yeah. one day, <laughs> one day he rung and he was like, I heard you misbehaving. We were just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like gonna... suddenly... it's not even, even a Zoom call. That's not a threat. You, you know what I'm saying? Just mute. You, know, <laughs> you better behave for your mum. Shut up, you mug. <laughs> It's funny that because I, I think I look at my toddler and I say things like, if you don't do this, you won't get that. And I know in my brain one day she's going to be like, 
what yeah. this is not I, this is nothing for me to be scared of like yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and I'm, I fear for that and moment the friends don't work no more yeah, yeah and that's it so it I, I never had support my mum never came to any of my football matches when I played football she's yeah. never been to a show it's too busy yeah I'm, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt yeah, no, well busy well busy well busy <laughs> or, or she's just she, she I don't know I mean I love her to pieces uh, and um, I think the older I get the more I'm starting to understand where she was at the time I mean four kids yeah. Two of them hard of hearing. One, one of, uh, one of them's a criminal. Um, one of them's just me, just in and out. Don't really know what he's doing. Just ghosting. Her, her fellas in Nigeria asking for peas. She's worked as a nurse, so she would work all day, come home, and the money that she's earning, she's sending to Nigeria. But she's got four kids at home and the house. She's trying to look up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's at the time, all I'm thinking is, you're a dickhead, man. You're never around. You're never around. You don't come to none of my shows. You don't shout. You don't holler. You don't support me. That's really sad. So in many ways, to be where you are is an achievement in itself to have a daughter to have a vision to have worked as a comedian obviously you had that moment where you needed saving but you're, really you're back that. you're back on back on track I never really thought about that to be honest no I don't really feel like I'm back on track here but the way you've just said it it's like oh thank you I never really thought about it like that before I think you always have to understand the context from, from which you come from and you have to understand you have to, to be able to pat yourself on the back no matter what, whatever you've done I'd have to learn that comedy wise I Every creative looks at other creatives and thinks, why am I not there? Why am I not there? And then suddenly you wake up and you think, maybe people are looking at me and thinking that. I'm pretty sure people look at you yeah. because we don't see what's behind no, the Instagram right. thing. Right. Why, why am I not? Why didn't Athena invite me for her show? You know, <laughs> but I'm not saying being That's facetious. That's probably true though. Yeah, it's, no, you're right. That, why you're isn't... Right. Uh, you know why didn't why isn't Athena why hasn't Athena put me on her podcast people get angry you know do you mean really <laughs> they're like why am I not on your podcast I'm oh, like, do you people actually holler you for that like, like jokingly oh okay but you know it's not a joke jokingly you know it's not a joke it? <laughs> I, I, I asked one person who will remain nameless and, and this person was like I've been waiting for this Athena <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like it's very easy and it's all jokes at the end of the day and it really yeah, is yeah, yeah. but I'm just trying to give an example of how we're very sensitive people yes. and things that we don't things that shouldn't make a mark on our armour, it's inevitable. Like, it just does. So yeah. you have to think, well, what have I done that people wish think I was there? You have been on telly. Some people ain't being called during October, in October at all. <laughs> yeah, no, you're Let right. Alone, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, so yeah. when you think, oh, people only call me during October, trust me, there's people who ain't being called That's at true. all. I am know? grateful, by the way. Don't ever get it just, I am super <laughs> grateful. I did, yeah. I've just realised that maybe what I've sounded did sound a bit ungrateful. I'm super grateful and I'm super happy about it. It's just... You know, every now and again, I want to call in June. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but it's, it's true. But also, yeah. another, the other thing is, is like sometimes you do something and it's like really high profile, mm. and then you, but it doesn't lead on to something else. Yeah, and we have to get into, we have to remember that, like, it's just like someone called Shem, who was an improviser, gave me the, this expression. It's one of my favorite expressions. I say it all the time, like, you know, you have to treat your work like diamonds in the sea. So you take it, and it's a diamond, and when you're done, you just throw it in the sea. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it will always have been a diamond, and you always had it in your hand, but you got to get rid of it and move on to the next. That's one. how I feel about castings. I go yeah. to castings now, and as soon as the casting's done, whoop, forget about. it Don't even ask me. Yeah. Don't care how it went. It don't matter because if I don't hear anything back, I don't hear anything back. Yeah, I, that's how I feel about castings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's, I think it's a really good, yeah. a really good approach because you have to go to so many. I think I've adapted that, adopted that mentality, kind of, kind of in life now. I try not to hold on to things anymore. I think I spent years holding on to things, holding on to past relationships holding on to past situations just just holding on just hoping that I could run into that person again and I've just learned to just let sleep when dogs lie yeah and also will be, will be. like you talked about this comedy gig that you ran that went like terribly 
Do you think the people involved in that think about that gig now? You know what? They don't. They don't even care. But yeah, I'm here. And this was always my issue. I would always hold on to what nobody gave a head. No one cares. People move on. Like we've all, I, I must, over the, the 10 years I've done comedy, there must be about two and a half grand though into me across the t- 10 years. Like of just cumulatively, yeah. all the gigs that, you know, folded or mm-hmm. they, I didn't get my money. I'm, I'm highly confident it's that much because when I think about it, like, it, yeah, it happens. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, yeah. You, you, if you work a lot, and you in the in you in comedy maybe two and a half guys an exaggeration but there's definitely a bit a fair bit of money oh, of that I've had to write off same yeah. and that's the thing same so you, yeah. Winner, yeah and that's exactly the same so when I'm there stressing about other people I think it's sometimes I ask myself like I should I told I told myself now I should have reached out to every to to like to to anybody who who I never really done, I've, I don't feel like I've wronged anyone but like financially if I've if someone hadn't been paid I should have reached out to them and just been completely honest instead I hid. Yeah, and that was that's where I went wrong. But that's. Do you think you hid for other reasons too? Like, do you think it was just that? I incident? don't think it's just that. Though, but what do you think? It was part of it. What else do you think made you think I got a retreat? I was embarrassed. Yeah, embarrassment, and I went. Yeah, I think I think it's it's embarrassment, and it, it's. I was living a persona online that I wasn't living in real life. Yeah. So when people found out that this persona online isn't real they're going to get onto me again so you know what just dip out just go because all of this online says none of it's real you ain't doing this and you ain't doing that it's just smoking mirrors so you know what I mean you're writing a show about your relationship with, with your daughter yeah are you going to go back on the circuit and like do bits and pieces or you just yeah man I'm trying to so at the moment I've got like thankfully I've got the uh, people like Nico like helping me out and that he always, he's always like you're telling them at top secret put Jimmy back on so I'm back on the circuit well I'm trying to be back on the circuit as a slow burner I'm trying to yeah. get back in rooms right now it's hard yeah it's hard have you got have you got a, a management no it's no. just me and me and Kay right now man yeah yeah <laughs> But I don't, I don't, I mean, I, if it comes, I'm I'm willing to take it. But I feel like, I feel like I have, I don't have to, but I feel like Edinburgh will help. Yeah. I feel, I, I feel like, I, I'm not, I had a buzz. Buzz is gone. You, you, I can't just recreate that buzz. I need to be gigging to recreate that buzz. So I'm yeah. just trying to get back in the rooms again. Trying to remind people that, hey, I'm here. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Can what, I get a five here? What five else do you here? enjoy outside of comedy? I, so I do acting. Yeah. I, 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 outside of performing, outside of outside performing, performing. Acting, oh, I man, I am um, f- I, I love. I was watching uh, Adele's show on CBS. Yeah, she's a G man. Everyone loves music. Adele. I'm a bit of a music yeah. guy. Like when I'm not thinking, I put I put headphones in, and I'll just zone out to 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 Jesse Powell or 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 or, or, or Joe Yeah, and I'll just I'll but I'll zone out for hours just listening to music. I think music's a, a big one. I can't can't sing for the life of me, but I'm a big. I'm a oh, big, that's about to say, drop us some bars. I G. wish yeah. I can't sing for the life of me, but I could. I do spend. I spend a lot of hours just sat down somewhere meditating as well. I meditate now. Yeah. Not like I just. Not like a proper. I just sit in the room, turn the put music in my headphones, turn off the lights, and I just sit there just thinking. Because I, I don't outside of comedy and stuff and Amaya, I don't do anything. Yeah. I'm not out. I don't have any real skills. That's not true though, is it? Apart from performance, but I don't, outside of that. Well, I would say, first of all, it's not true, but also skills can be acquired. So um, it's, is, I don't think it's truly saying that of real skills, but I, what I do think is the case is, 
I'll give you my example. So when I had my first daughter, um, and I, I was on my own at the time, I'm now with my partner, but I was living in my mum's house and I just couldn't perform. So that's when I started writing, like scripted comedy. Oh, is that what you, sorry, no, I write as well. I do apologise. No, I do a bit of writing. The man said he got I'm no so skills. You see what I'm the saying? No, said it, you know. no, wait, the man sorry. Said you know what's mad? Pod- I can see the waveforms of him going, I've got no skills. I thought it's you there. meant outside of that but, in general, well, sorry. Kind of, no, but you know, script writing scripted comedy is a little bit outside of, yeah. of acting and, and performing I thought, um, so I do apologize. I so, thought you meant outside so what you of writing, performance man? in general so I wrote a sitcom I wrote yeah, a sitcom yeah. a couple of years ago with uh, oh what is his name Lee, Lee Griffiths um, yeah. we wrote a sitcom um, called Baby Daddy a pilot episode which is very much um, about me about, about a guy with a daughter who wants to do stand-up, but and his missus is the breadwinner. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. she's a lawyer, and I'm a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just about navigating a young child whilst trying to figure out your own dream, which was kind of like my life. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think it's, it's quite a cool script. I'll even send it to you later if you want. It's quite a cool script. We've yeah, worked on it for ages. I'd love to read it. Yeah, I'll send it to you later on. Um, Can and I, I give you notes? Absolutely. Oh, cool. Absolutely. Coming from a, a talent writer like yourself. Oh, bless you. Uh, furthermore, <laughs> I should have sent this to you ages ago. I don't know why I did it before, but I, then... say, I genuinely, when I chat to people and they tell me they got a script, I say to them, please send it. With all the humility in my heart, because like, no one's commissioning my shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm working. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. People have me on their project, no one's commissioning my shit, but I do, you know, I do know how to write a script these days. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I, will, I will send that over to you. And I do do a lot of writing. I try, I'm working with a guy. You know Al Banco? Banco. No. He, so he used to, you remember Yanga? Did you do that whole thing at Yanga, the green screen? <laughs> Did I, you do it? I was invited. <laughs> you didn't go. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, the, the green screen show, bless them. I, I had a terrible time on that show. But I'm not surprised, it was the most bizarre show. I... It was the most bizarre show. So if you know what the show was, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. they had comedians in front of a green screen yeah. and there would be these scenarios behind the green screen and you just have to react to the scenarios. It would be like being chased by wildebeest. Yeah, or... and they're like, make a joke. And you're like, what, what? Before I've even had a chance to speak, it's the next slide. And I'm going, bro, slow down. Like, I can't even see the screen. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a funny that one. That was mental. So I met a guy on there called Al. Okay. And uh, we work on a lot of writing projects together as well so we're just writing little concepts little things that we're hoping that could work anywhere to be honest we're doing like a cartoon thing at the moment um right like an animation yeah um using old material though so we're taking bits out of my old bits and just trying to turn it into something so we we i think we talk three or four times a week just trying to chuck over ideas what works what don't but the main one was it's it's called baby daddy but you know, name subject to change that yeah. was the main thing I was working on. So and it I'll, sounds to me like you're being really productive at the moment. Trying to be, yeah. As productive, productive as productive. As yeah. productive Did you as ever possible. think about getting a nine to five? I did. I did have a nine to five. Yeah. And I wasn't productive during that nine to five. As, as in like doing comedy or just... Yeah, yeah. So what I would job? do is I'd, I'd decide at eight to eight five. Yeah. Jump on the... My, where I used to work was running to the train station. Jump on the train, go straight to a gig. Um, by the time I got home, I'd be so tired. Wake yeah. up for work for 8am. And you know when you, you ever, when you was working and gigging, did you ever smash your show and then be on top of the world and then have to go to work the next day? You know what? Yeah, but I enjoyed that. Okay. I've got a very, I think I had a very good mentality for being a comedian okay. in terms of like, because I always, if I do a show and it goes really well, I very rarely think about how well it went. I think about the word that I missed. So I did a show on, on, um, 
this week actually and I do a joke I'll tell you because I, I still remember saying okay. I do a joke where I talk about how my kids that come from North and South London because I'm from North London my partner's from South London yeah. so they're technically mixed race and <laughs> part, I, don't, I don't know I don't know what else to explain it to but I'll do this and I have this joke where we're, I say oh, we're going to raise the kids to go to South London but not complain about it okay but I didn't use those words I said instead of saying when the kids go to South London they won't complain about it I said, when we go to South London, we won't complain about it, which is not the joke because I'm not mixed race North and South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously no one laughed and people normally laugh at that bit. <laughs> and, like, and so it doesn't matter if a show goes well, I'll be like, well, I'm, I messed up that line mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. It, and it ruins the rhythm because you, mm-hmm. think you have a rhythm in heaven it's just like, oh, laugh, laugh, laugh. What I got was laugh, silence. Oh, laugh. Okay. Yeah, if I'd done that at a black yeah, show, people would have been like, what? <laughs> people would have thrown their shoes at me or whatever. Uh, probably. So I was always like, oh, if I did really well at a show and I'm still like this, I don't think I did well. I think, well, I did my job. What what didn't go right? Well, but sim- I like that mentality. But similarly, if I did really badly, I would think, okay, well, why? You know, like, Absolutely. I would be like, I'm terrible. I'd be like, okay, well, what was wrong? Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I, I was always more interested in analysing my performance regardless of how it went. Of course. What I would do though is if I if I had a good show, I would go to work the next day and all I would be able to think about is the previous show. What did I yeah. do wrong? What went what went well? The reaction, the high that I felt coming off stage. And then I sort of look up at my manager telling me to go and clean something and I think, ugh, you're taking a mick. Yeah. Do you know what I was last night? <laughs> I was that guy last night. I was headlining. Now I'm here and you're just treating me like shit. And I think that hit me too many times. And then um, again, when I was going through all the things I was going through, I just couldn't balance the two. And I had to make a decision within myself. Are you going to do comedy or are you going to work? Because I, I couldn't, I couldn't mentally do two. Yeah. That's I wasn't what mentally, I said to you as well. Yeah, he said that to me as well. I wasn't men- mm. mentally, I wasn't strong enough mentally to, to do the two. I, I kept saying to myself, if I do one, I have to get rid of the other because I'm not mentally ready to do both. Like I, I got, I used to, the thought of going to a gig after work would floor me I just want to go home I'm so tired and that's how I started feeling so I said I've just got to make a choice yeah and I always say I say this all the time but a big thing is age so by the time I started doing comedy I had been working properly for about 10 years Bro. you know yeah. I'd been uh, put on my suit <laughs> shout at people all day yeah, yeah, yeah. and come home person for a good almost 10 years I started when I was 31 so I'd been working properly since I graduated wow. um, and then even up to then I always worked you know, I always worked as a student and, and whatever. So by the time I started comedy, I kind of had that, a really good tolerance mm. of the workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of the, and also a lot of what was happening in the workplace would feed my material. Mm. So, oh, that's, yeah, you know, exactly. my, the life I was leading outside of, of comedy was, was feeding my material. Mm. So it, it didn't make sense to resent it. And it did other things. Like it enabled me to be quite comfortable going on holidays and all, all this all nice. this palaver and obviously you have a daughter as well so it's you have that other stress why well, didn't you have that stress um what made you go from the job that you was doing and said to yourself no nah, comedy's the yeah, way because you was doing well. what, what, what what was what made you do but, that transition so in the years that i was working in various guises as a project manager in various industries mm. i had very few managers who were smarter than me and I saw so many white people fail upwards Go around on. me. Go on. I realised that I could have the most comfortable life around me in these, in, he's fine, I know his noises. Um, <laughs> I could have the most comfortable life, but there's people, I tell the story a lot. I met this one guy and he was like a manager's manager, really senior and he had a boat. 
this was the idiot, the most stupidest man you ever meet in your life. He was, he could not, he was the kind of person where we had to hide things from him because he would ruin things. Wow. We wouldn't, he wouldn't be given responsibilities because um, he was useless. People were like, oh no, he's going to, I almost said his name there, he's going to mess it up. And I'm like, <laughs> but I just think this guy's probably on 80k a year. And so I realised that for whatever reasons, implicit or explicit racism, I wasn't going to get um, very, I wasn't going to get to where they were. And I thought that was inherently unfair. And then I'd always been told I was funny my whole life. My whole life, people were like, yo, Finny, you're funny, man. Um, and I'd always been really aware of like that specific feedback <laughs> of my personality. And I saw how much comedians got paid on the yeah. Sunday Times Rich List. And I was like, okay, how can I make my life how can I get to the point where I've got three minutes to live and I'm happy with what I've done in my life? Do you, know, do you, ever, read, do you ever read The Chimp Paradox? Mm. The Chimp Paradox is a great book. It, Steve Peters wrote that book and the Liverpool football team won it and they almost won the Premier League. If you can write a book that get, then this is Liverpool from like six years ago. This is Stephen, do you remember the way Stephen Gerrard tripped yeah, up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that, just, remember, just think about it for a second. He wrote a book and Steve Peters was the psychologist at Liverpool at the time. He got them to almost win the Premier League. This is Liverpool. Six years so just, just changing their mindset just by reading yeah, this book. Yeah, just say, you know, The Chimp Paradox is a really good book and he has a thought experiment and it's really simple. He's like, imagine you've got three minutes to live, reflect on your life in those three minutes. What, what are the things that you value? What are the things that you're proud of and whatever? And I thought to myself, and I'd started comedy by this point, but I, that was kind of what I was thinking. I was like, well, I can do all this stuff. I've had all these great jobs. I've met all these great people. I was so shy in them days. I don't even have many pictures to document of my time in my 20s and early mm. 30s I was like you know so introverted shy but doing well in the workplace but how could I how could I have raised children with that personality I didn't have children at the time and I wasn't thinking that but I now think I knew I knew I wasn't becoming the kind of person that would reflect in their life as an elderly person and be happy with it and you can have property you can have a car you can have nice stuff but you know it doesn't mean anything so I was doing that I was leading life where I was materially acquiring nice things and allowing myself to do nice things with my life but I wasn't being a particularly useful person okay. I wasn't I liked the idea of being philanthropic mm. but I did wasn't in a position to do that like so I thought let me start enjoying my life let me start indulging this thing that people said I was good at let me study it um and I didn't know what the open mic circle was at that point. If I'd known, I wouldn't have gone onto it. It's a shithole. <laughs> horrible. I didn't know how little you get paid. Um, most of the time you can get lucky, like Gus Khan, who's wonderful. Yeah, um, yeah. But I didn't know any of that. And I, and I just felt my way around it. Mm-hmm. And at the time, but I, it was always good for me because I always worked. And I should also say, because I was quite good at my job, I was contracting so I could do what I liked. I could take a contract and be like, I want to work from home. I could take a contract and be like, I want to, have Fridays off. Nice, and you can and just... So I, was ve- I had a, a lifestyle that was very compatible, a professional lifestyle that was very compatible to pursuing other goals. Okay, okay. So I, yeah, that's why, that, hopefully that's why. And I, I, the, more, the more time I spent doing it, the more... It was a bit like it was really foggy, right? So I started doing comedy, it was really foggy. And as the fog started to clear, I was like, oh, okay, I, I can be in that space. Or, okay, cool, I can do that. Or, cool, I can go to Edinburgh. Yeah. All right, cool, I can write sketches. All right, cool, cool, I can do improv. And so once everything started to clear up and I could see what was out there I could then you know I could then say okay well this is how it would be my job mm-hmm. you know okay. but it was really at the time it wasn't that focused it was like I'm just going to start and try and be a stand up yeah yeah 
I never wow. knew I'd have You just threw yourself into it and just... Yeah, I did. It. I did. And yeah. it was cool, man. I had really great memories on them days. You know, like just riding, riding, riding around on my bike around London. <laughs> Being based in London is a massive privilege, by the way. Yeah. If you're based in London, you can gig twice a night. Mm-hmm. You know... Sometimes more. Sometimes mm. more. Really learning your craft. And a lot of people don't like that. It's oh, I don't want to perform, I don't want to, perform to 20 comedians. Why not? Yeah, because if me. you perform to 20 comedians and you can... And make them laugh. Make them laugh, yeah. Um, and what, and why would anyone pay to see you learn how to do comedy? I always thought that was a really weird thing that people... <laughs> why would someone pay to see you do comedy? You've just started. Mm. This is literally all you, you... This is how you... I just thought... I never understood why people hate on that open mic circuit. Like, you're shit. Why would anyone pay for this? And I always knew that. I always knew... Like, I'm not good at this. Mm. I don't want anyone to pay to see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm real. ecstatic to be in the open mic circuit yeah. because one day I'll be ready to leave it. Yeah, um, fair Again, maturity. I was in my thirties and I'd worked for a long time. So by the time I got to that stage, I was a lot more focused. If you're in your twenties and you've got a daughter, and you're not necessarily like I said, I have a fairly an upbringing where I did have parents who, well, my mum, you know, was always like work, go to uni. Mm. You know, I had that professional guidance. I had that she was she was present in my life in a way that your family, your parents probably weren't. So a lot of advantages that enabled me to manage yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. peculiarities of a creative career. Um, yeah. How many times did you get mistaken for other comics? All the time. Tanya Moore. I used to, people used to put Tanya Moore's picture on flyers. Do you remember this? She came to the. You came to the comedy cafe one time, and Noel, bless him, Noel was quite old. No, it's not. No, it's no. But it wasn't Noel, was it? <laughs> no, I'm saying there's no excuse. Yeah, no. Fair <laughs> No, and uh, he had just seen Tanya Moore's a G, by the way, a uh, lovely girl. Um, he had just seen Tanya perform the week before. So then you was there. And then he goes, oh, Tanya's back again? And I said, <laughs> where? Tanya's, Tanya's not here. And he was like, go over there, look, Tanya's back. Why is she two weeks in a row? We need to, like, why did you invite her back? I said, I never invited Tanya, but that's not fucking Tanya. And he goes, oh, it's oh so my silly God. because we're really different. <laughs> we don't look like, alike. We don't sound alike. She shaved her head yeah. a few years ago, went yeah. to Edinburgh, and people thought she was me. See? <laughs> And I just thought this is, and that, but that's how myopic the mainstream circuit yeah, is. They see yeah, one yeah. black woman, and because I'd done Edinburgh three years by that point, and unfortunately, it's still the case when you go to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. If you are black or not a white person, sit yourself on a poster, you do stand out. But it's like there's more than one of us. Yeah. The idea that you would see another black person, oh, the thing is back again. Yeah. But, <laughs> when he said that, or we, I was maybe, maybe there's another black person that does talk comedy, perhaps. I was probably looking it's around just... like, Tanya's not here, bro. And he was like, no, look over there. I said, dude, that's a fina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to might ask everyone to bring a friend. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I wasn't expecting this chat at all. I, um, I was expect. I don't. I don't know. What, I never great. know what to expect. But this must. This is definitely the most surprising chat, and I'm really grateful. Really. Yeah. You know what it is. I've always. I've always got along with Athena, and you know what? When you invited me down to your library laughs, library it was, laughs. It yeah. was the only gig I had done in about five months. No way. Before and after, it was the only gig I had. In a, for a very I, long I time. I had no idea. Exactly. Oh, I turned up. I, I chatted to a bonjo. How good is Fatia? Fatia. 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 I first saw her there. 
Okay. Two, three years later, I don't see her again. And then, boom, Jonathan. I said, yo, she's a G. But check it out. She works, man. Exactly. She works. She I, it was so good head, to see. Head down and, work. and sorry to interrupt. I always yeah. say this in comedy. Like, you might not get to the level you want to get. But if you're funny... You'll you'll get, get there you, eventually. you will not slip through the cracks yeah. because it's so hard to be funny. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things in the world. So you might not get to live at the Apollo, you might not get to um, the, the, you know, the comedy festival in America, in Canada, whatever, but you'll get something yeah. out of the game. I just remember seeing her at your work. show. Yeah. I remember seeing her at her show thinking, wow, she's so funny. And I've, I'd right. never seen her before. And at the time I thought, I know every comic. I didn't know that. And I thought she's amazing. Yeah. So to see where just... Where people have got it's just like man, it's, it's so good to see, especially if women of color, yeah, yeah on yeah. the TV on a regular basis as well. Because just being black, uh, a black guy on TV is like, oh my god, it's amazing. But being a woman of color on TV on a regular basis mm -hmm. is is a big well, deal. Well, look, Jimmy, you've been amazing. Thank Cars, you. You've been amazing too. I've thank you very so much. Long. You've got a, no, it's all um, good. I don't know what to say. Really. This has just been like I'm so thank you for being so open. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it, I was gonna say it's because I, I think that you're you're you're. I think we've always got on. Yeah, yeah. And I've always thought you were cool, so... And I think I'm at that point in my life now where trying, I, I've got to be, man. Oh, I that's... Be. Oh, and I just wish I'd asked you earlier. This is a really... This podcast <laughs> is a shambles. Like, I just... Like, <laughs> people think it's... Sometimes I wake up and I think, God, I've got to put an episode out. <laughs> and I just think, who... who And who do I want to talk to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's literally... And I wake up in the morning and I just message someone. And I, I, don't, I wish I had more... Planning. I, I, I used to look forward like that went out the window. Now it comes. Anyway, Jimmy, I really appreciate it. Thank man. you so much for having us. No, thank you very much thank for having, having us. us. Yeah, appreciate right. it. Thank you. That was Jimmy James Jones and his mate Cars. A few, well, two keeping Athena company first. First of all, first person to bring a friend. Conversation was so great. I think I might insist on it in the future. Uh, the second thing that I did for the first time, I served some dry plantains, guys. Seriously, I went to the shop in the morning. All they had was these green, thick, dry plantains. So I served them. I was very embarrassed. I had to serve it all with like sweet chili sauce and hot pepper sauce. I, I almost I almost offered Branston pickle. They were so dry. I was like, you guys need, will need something with these. Um, but it didn't seem to stop the conversation from flowing. So I might now ask for a friend to come and I might just serve up some nasty green dry plantains. <laughs> uh, but it was a wonderful conversation. What I like about this podcast is that I get to know my friends. When your friends are from the creative community that you're in, you see each other at gigs and maybe driving around in cars. But they're like your colleagues, right? So you never really get to get under their skin. So it's nice to invite people I like into my house so I can really understand what's going on with them and get to know them better. And what a conversation. Um, I'm really glad to have a conversation about what happens when things don't go right for you as creative and how you have to sometimes pull yourself apart and put yourself back together again. So thank you, Jimmy, for being so humble and so honest. Uh, Jimmy is so funny. Please find him, Jimmy James Jones on Instagram, Twitter, all the socials and keep up with his career. I think he's got some good things up his sleeve and I can't wait to see what he's going to be doing next and especially his show. It sounds brilliant. You know the score. I'm Athena Cabrera and you stand up comedian writer blah 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 find me on instagram twitter facebook if you've liked this podcast do what you do with podcasts that you like share comment do tell people about it i don't know if you're on the bus and you're listening to this podcast stick your earpiece into someone else's ear and say have you heard this podcast or maybe don't do that bit unhygienic in these times of corona in any do you know what don't do anything you got to the end of the podcast and that's enough so don't do anything just just accept my gratitude for having listened to this podcast and hopefully you enjoyed the conversation that's all i've got to say thank you for listening and we'll catch up next time Bye.